The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find where Welcome to Grey Hat Month on the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and this month we're talking to great SEOs to learn what separates a best practice from a bad practice at search. Joining us today is Jordan Cooney, who is the lead SEO strategist and the CEO of Searchmetrics, Inc. And today, Jordan and I are going to talk about what we consider to be gray hat SEO practices. And this podcast is also sponsored by Hrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay, on with the show. Here's my interview with Jordan Cooney, lead SEO strategist and CEO of Searchmetrics, Inc. Jordan, welcome back to Gray Hat Month on the Voices of Search podcast. Hey, Ben. We are uh, we're tiptoeing into the gray zone. We've talked about something that isn't shady. We've talked about something that is shady. And now we're talking about something that might be shady. Important level of nuance. Is that the Slim Shady? It's it's different. It's it's oh, like oh. that, but it's it's different. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so look, let's talk about what gray hat SEO is. We talked about white and black hat SEO. What's good? What's bad? Gray hat SEO is a practice that's ill defined. It's not necessarily something that you should be doing, but it's not necessarily something that is expressly uh, against the rules. And it's really just the area in between. How do you figure out if your SEO strategies are not actually on the up and up and could potentially get you in trouble? Yeah, I mean, this is a a topic that covers a big area of uncertainty for SEOs. And the way you position it there, Ben, is actually quite interesting because it's somewhat challenging to look at it purely from a policy standpoint. Am I following Google's guideline? Yes. Or am I not following Google's guideline? And it's not that simple because 
the gray hat area, in many cases, it is a challenge because it's not about the policy itself. It's about its application in the real world. Everything is gray hat until proven otherwise. <laughs> Pretty much, exactly. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, let's go back to the example that I had about the poor digital marketer who got his site basically abolished because of the, the bad implementation. I was trying to put up a subscription paywall and I didn't do a good job implementing it. The next thing you know, my traffic went from hundreds of thousands of visitors per month to bubkiss. Right. And, and it's because of the implementation. So how do you determine, you know, what strategies you have are approved by Google and, and what, you know, you, when you think you're doing something right, how do you avoid finding out that it's wrong without massive repercussions? Yeah, I mean, the biggest zone of gray that I like to highlight is scenarios in which webmasters and businesses are breaking a Google policy, doing so willingly, but by and large, the industry or the market has permitted this activity. So I'll give you an example. I used to use this example all the time back in the day. I call it the flower SEO optimization. And what I mean by that is that most of the flower companies out there, the big national flower... Yeah, the 800flowers.com type vendors. Bingo. They use a significant amount of below-the-fold text that is stuffed with keywords. It's typically a very delicate shade of color, very similar to the background. And it is full of internal links for key holidays. And the funny thing is, is that every flower company does this. It's not just one of them. It is every major national flower retailer. And this is definitely against a variety of Google policies, not just one, but like seven. And the flower industry just seems to get away with it. And in fact, like if you didn't do this and you were a flower website, you probably won't rank. This is what I mean by the implementation of these policies in the real world have adaptations and they have unique outcomes that impact businesses in various ways. And at any time, the problem with this bucket of gray, at any time, if Google did want to lay the hammer down, it would penalize an entire industry or an entire set of sites. So let's go through some of the categories that we defined as black hat activities and talk about where we think the line is. One of the first things that you mentioned was backlinks. You can't buy backlinks. You can't go and be on a blog network, right? You can't go and just pay for all of these links directly. I'll say personally, like I run another podcast. We have podcast sponsors. People pay us to create content for them and we create links for them. Is that a black hat strategy for SEO? Or is it a partnership with a, a paid you know, relationship? To me, that falls very much in the gray hat bucket. Tell me what you think about gray hat backlinking strategies. Yeah, gray hat backlinking strategies is specifically focused on the intention. If the intention is to manipulate, if the intention is to create an artificial partnership or an artificial relationship, this is where Google becomes extremely puts extreme scrutiny on these situations. And so if it becomes public that this partnership has some sort of fallacy to it, this is when Google comes down on those businesses. And this has happened. There's been a variety of use cases 
where there's been an exposure because this email that states that, you know, we should trade these links or this letter that states that, you know, the two entities that are involved should exchange links is exposed. And then Google comes down with the penalty because of the exposure. It it all sounds logical where if Google makes a decision that, you know, you are buying links and that you're doing it just to manipulate search results, then they're going to penalize you. On the flip side, if you have a partnership and you're paying back and forth and it's a a trade agreement and you decide that, you know, links are going to uh, be exchanged, how is that different than just out and out buying links? It's, It's not very clear to me. It isn't very different, right? And I think that's the challenge. And that's why Google looks at two particular buckets when it comes to making these decisions. One of those buckets is intention. What is the intention here? Is the intention genuine and for good standing with the users who are involved? Or are the intentions manipulative and deceptive and in the best interest of one or multiple entities? The other bucket, so the first one intention here, the other bucket that Google looks at here is the publicity. So what exposure has been garnered because of these activities or these behaviors? And has the backlash or the community response to these things been negative or deemed as negative? And so Google looks at both these things. And and I tell SEOs all the time that you have to be very careful about how you expose and communicate your strategies and your practices to the public. It is a very dangerous thing to create exposure about a practice that can be deemed or qualified as gray hat. Google, if you're listening... I don't exchange links with my partnerships. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> now you're walking back. <laughs> <laughs> like Michael Jackson doing the moonwalk. Exactly. Let's talk about one of the other categories that we outlined in our Black Hat SEO episode, keyword stuffing. When you're flooding Google's index with things like search results or when you're taking someone else's content, obviously against the rules. But on the flip side, name an e-commerce company that doesn't have search results pages listed in Google's index. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things to unpack here, right? There's the concept of keyword stuffing, like in the flower examples. I mean, just look at profiles, look at 1-800-Flowers, look at Teleflower. I mean, all of these companies are literally taking the footer of their website and just stuffing it with links and keywords to propagate certain parts of their website. Not a practice that's condoned by Google, but for whatever reason, the flower industry gets away with this. And I'm not here to chastise the flower industry. This has been going on for decades. And this is a known tactic within this category. And keyword stuffing does still exist. It is a practice that is used frequently. And it is an unfortunate challenge because Google can't just easily disseminate their policy against one or all the websites, especially if there isn't a public event where this is becoming criticized. So keyword stuffing is one aspect of your question. The other aspect is the search result pages. And in the e-commerce space, this is a very common tactic. A lot of e-commerce retailers submit their own internal search result pages to Google's index. This is also one of the policies that Google has outlined and explicitly states that Google does not want search results in Google's search results. So we call this here at Search Metrics, search and search. So you basically go to Google to do a search, you get search results, you click on a link, and you end up on another page that has search results. 
that type of experience is something that Google does not want for their users. And they've made it very clear that they don't want this for their users. But if you look at almost every e-commerce player out there, they all are submitting search result pages to Google. And there's a limit to that. That limit is somewhat ambiguous. And the reality is that because it's already against Google's policies, webmasters have had a very hard time understanding how to deal with this threshold. And it's a very hard challenge for Google to set a policy against this because there isn't no hard, fast rule in terms of how many search result pages you can submit and whether or not they're of good quality. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. So why doesn't Google just de-index search results page when they realize it's a SERP? Why don't they just not show it instead of penalizing people for it? This has happened to a variety of companies, including our former employer, eBay. It has happened to lots of e-commerce websites where search result pages have been penalized. I mean, the most recent example of this is some challenges with Wayfair and other e-tailers who have been aggressively increasing the number of search result pages to Google and thus harming their own performance. Interesting. Um, I think that there's a lot of, for lack of a better term, gray area to interpret what the rules are. This is very much like speeding, right? You could probably say, look, if I'm driving on the freeway, I could get away with going 10 miles per hour above the speed limit. But in reality, if a police officer pulled up behind me and I'm going 75 and a 65, they are very well within their right to pull me over and the ticket is expensive. I think the other area that we talked about with our Black Hat SEO is the idea of matching the user expectations. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about where the line in the sand is or if there is one with, you know, serving up the expectation that a user had. This is where I got in trouble. Yeah. This is a great question. And I think this is a, a really good one for our listeners to focus on because recently there's been a very public display of discourse on this topic of user intention and in particular the concept of cloaking because cloaking is one of the most often utilized tactics to deceive user intention, right? You basically tell a user one thing and they end up on the website and there's a totally different experience. And 
one of the challenges that's been going on over the last, say, half decade is the significant increase in use of JavaScript, as well as progressive web apps and other technologies that can lend themselves to a manipulative experience. And recently, two companies, uh, Cars.com and CarGurus, have been exchanging this public discourse over the strategies of how you display content on your website. In particular, the challenge here has been for CarGurus, who uses a JavaScript capability to collapse or hide, quote-unquote, content within their listing pages. And so let's take, for example, you know, a Honda Fit or uh, let's take um, uh, Ford uh, F-150. You have this page, you show a whole bunch of Ford F-150s. And on the page, you show the actual image of that car, the price, maybe the location, and a few other details. Now, what CarGurus has been doing on that page is also embedding all of the text, the description of that vehicle on that same page. However, you as a user cannot see it unless you A, disable JavaScript, or B, you actually click on this expand feature that they have, which is very, very, very hard to see. So in a way, this may seem like a deceptive practice, but it's been pretty clearly stated, not only by car gurus, but also by other experts in the field, that this is not cloaking and that this is not a deceptive practice that car gurus is imposing. And the debate begins because this is exactly what we're talking about today in terms of gray hat. You have two companies in a competing space, one claiming that this is a deceptive gray hat practice, another standing ground and saying that this is not a deceptive practice, all in the pursuit of higher Google rankings. And I think that that's the interesting challenge about gray hat in the unique position that SEOs and practitioners of SEOs are placed in when dealing with these gray hat scenarios. So Jordan, I think that there's a balance here between what are the expressly stated policies, which are written in black and white, right? They're right there on your screen. And then what people are actually doing in a real world environment, what's the right way to figure out if the tactics that are effective are actually going to end up getting you penalized? How do you determine where to draw the line with being relevant in your competition, staying up with the speed of traffic or breaking the law? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that the best way to look at this is by creating risk management models and allow your business to evaluate how much risk you're willing to take and how risky these situations are. Gray hat matters are a part of every website and a part of every company's environment. The challenge for webmasters and for SEOs alike, is to measure the potential risk of that and evaluate whether or not you want to, say, adapt new technology, improve that experience, or stop a particular behavior or investment. So the reality is that there's a variety of different risk management models that can be utilized. The first one is obviously identifying the risk, assessing the risk, and then getting down into the nitty-gritty of things. It's what kind of abilities do you have around controlling the risk and then constantly reviewing it. And I think it's a full circle, right? The companies who do this well, they're not just sitting there going, oh, that's risk over there. They're actually getting involved in this process, this model, and they're evaluating it on a consistent basis 
according to their business and their business needs. And it can vary, right? Like you may only be in a very small part of your website that gets a very small amount of traffic in a risky situation. And you might be okay taking that risk and evaluating and testing it. But the most important takeaway for our listeners here is, is that you have to implement some sort of risk management model in order to be a good steward of the SEO practices that you're implementing on your site. I think like with most things in SEO, the real answer is it depends on the market situations, right? You have to test, you have to evaluate, and nothing is certain, right? It is a black box. When you're submitting your pages to Google to be indexed, you don't know what is going to rank. You don't know what they are going to deem a bad practice or an acceptable and effective practice. And so the strategy here is to test and learn and pay attention and also network and figure out what's happening with other people in the SEO community. Yep, absolutely, Ben. And I think, uh, you know, that last piece there on getting advice from the community and from other experts is one of the most important takeaways. And, And I think a lot of folks who get in trouble, not only in the gray and the black space, they do so because they don't secure that additional advice. Hopefully they don't know, but that's what we're going to help with for the rest of this month by talking to some great SEOs to understand some of the gray hat experiences, which maybe turned a little darker and got them in trouble, and also understand how they draw the line in their SEO practices. So lots to look forward to this month. We're going to talk to some great SEOs about how they define gray hat SEO. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jordan Cooney, the lead SEO strategist and CEO of Search Metrics Inc. We'd love to continue this conversation with you. So if you'd like to contact Jordan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send him a tweet. His handle is JT Cooney, J-T-K-O-E-N-E. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. If you have general marketing questions or if you'd like to be a guest on our show, you can contact me by the link in our show notes or you can send me a tweet at Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you like this podcast and you want a regular stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed next week. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.